What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. Uh, I'm Andrew Ivins. That's David Lake. We are talking recruiting. Silly season is here. Uh, everyone has sources all of a sudden. Everyone knows where everyone's going. Uh, everyone knows how Miami's going to finish. So me and David are here to kind of sort out what's true and what's not. David, how are you doing today? I'm good. How's this time of year going for you? This is a fun time for you. Yeah, it's fun. You know, like I said, <laughs> I'm just I spend most of my most of my most of my hours of the day chasing down rumors from that end up not even being being true. But uh, I'm doing good. Man. Into I'm, I, yeah, let's we're like, I guess, 11 days out from the early signing period, depending on when you listen to this podcast, maybe 12 days out. So, yeah, it's an exciting uh, time. Yeah, let's jump into it. So Miami uh, coaches hit the road starting what? Was it Sunday? Immediately, Manny started seeing some local guys. Is that right? I mean, we've already yeah. kind of touched on that. but And then, uh, so I guess, yeah, let's, let's get into kind of the bigger names that Miami visited. Um, who do you think are, are maybe the, the guys that we should touch on first? I know Dan Eno seeing Tyler Van Dyke, the Miami quarterback commit, is kind of an interesting thing going on. I guess you talked to Tyler. What what was kind of his thoughts on that visit? And, and you know, where do things stand with, with Miami and Tyler? Well, Tyler said that Dan told him that he'll be back at Miami, which I don't think is all that surprising. Some people are trying to make the a big deal about that. And, um, I mean, was we expected Dan Enos to go and meet with Tyler Van Dyke. Like, that was going to happen. He is still employed by the University of Miami. But it seems like fans really wanted to know uh, if Dan would get out on the road. And um, was that surprising to you at all, at all, David? Like, No. I mean, we knew that. Yeah, we knew that was going to happen, right? He still has a job to do. He, Like you said, he's, I mean, he's still coaching the bowl game. He still has to bring home this recruiting class. And that is you know, Tyler Van Dyke. So yeah, yeah, I wasn't surprised at all that he's on the road recruiting. Yeah. So, so Tyler said that it, uh, Dan was supposed to come on Monday, but they had those snowstorms up there in the new England area. So, so uh, Dan Enos came on Wednesday um, and it was a good conversation. You know, Dan told Tyler who went nine and zero as the starting quarterback at Suffield Academy up there in Connecticut that, Hey man, you have a chance to come in and compete um, for for basically a starting job. Now he didn't come out and say that outright, like that's what it is. But I, the one line that really stood out to me that Tyler said is, "You got to lead by example um, if if you want to play." And I think that not what wasn't a shot across the bow at Jaron Williams and Nikosi Perry or anything like that because and there's no odds that they're reading my recruiting story. But I just thought that was an interesting takeaway that. Um, it seems like Dan is still looking maybe for some for some leadership in that quarterback room, and he's hoping maybe that Tyler Van Dyke can be the guy. And, and Tyler's definitely signing early, right? Like there's no change of plans there with that. Right. He said that Syracuse had reached out, uh, Boston College before Steve Adazio uh, was fired. Those were two schools that had kind of been trying to get him on campus, but he's locked in. We'll take his official visit next weekend uh and then he's going to roll early there in january and, and start classes and 
Um, I think that's big. You know, Miami didn't have uh, Peyton Matocha enroll early last in last year, so that'd be the 2019 class, and then the 2018 class, Jaron Williams uh, did enroll early. So it'll be nice to have another guy, another arm in camp, just because I, I think that's a big deal when you get what is it, 20, 25 spring practices under your belt. Yeah, I think it's I think it's 15. I could be wrong, oh, but yeah, no, it's yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I guess. You've touched on Tyler and Dan Enos. Obviously, Dan Enos is his primary recruiter. Um, do you get a sense that Tyler uh, likes Manny Diaz as a head coach? Like, are do they have a good relationship, head coach and quarterback? You know, just you know, let's say the hypothetical happens and Miami parts ways with Dan Enos. Do you feel like Tyler's relationship with Manny is strong enough where? No matter what, in the end, Tyler would end up at Miami um, if even if an offensive coordinator move is made. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I really don't know what would happen in that situation. Um, I talk a lot with Tyler's Van Dyke's dad. I, I do think um, the family knows that Dan Enos is going to have to change his offense uh, and either speed it up or or something's going to happen like they know that that's what Manny wants um and it's funny because when when Tyler originally committed it was because primarily of, of Dan Enos and what the work he does with the quarterback so we're so late in the process and Tyler right. is an early enrollee that I think he's just probably going to ride it out regardless of what happens and I don't think if Miami were to make a move on Dan Enos it would happen um before January like I think it right. would happen in January and that's when Tyler Van Dyke's on campus already I mean could he transfer absolutely but right now he seems to be pretty sold on the idea of playing at Miami I think he knows that there's a chance where he could come in and compete for a job I mean normally a quarterback if you got it you got it if you don't you don't and who knows there's there's true freshman quarterbacks all around the country that come in and um, unseat uh, veteran guys and, and upperclassmen so is Tyler that person I don't think so i mean i don't think he's someone's gonna it's gonna challenge for the starting job day one but i do think he can eventually become the starter for miami so i i think he would i think he would stick it and ride it out okay so tell me i guess what are some of the other key visits we should touch on i know justin Flo, miami went and saw him five-star linebacker uh obviously the fans will want to know how that went yeah so miami sent uh blake baker and um, Stephen Field out to the Island Empire on Wednesday. I believe it was, yeah, it was Wednesday to meet with Justin Flo from what I heard. And, and I gathered that visit went well. Uh, I still think Miami's probably running number two right now in that recruitment. Clemson's out in front. Um, I don't know if Dabo saw Justin this week just because uh, Clemson's playing the ACC championship game. And I think he was in Lakeland, Florida meeting with his running back to Marcus Bowman on Thursday night. So uh, it, it seems like next week he'll probably fly out there and, and meet with Justin Flo. I mean, I, I, I think it's going well. Um, but the one thing I keep hearing, and I wrote, I wrote about this on Thursday in uh, the war room I do for, for the site at InsideTheU.com, where I kind of touch on um, everything I know about basically every, tar every target and play for Miami. Uh, the thing I keep hearing is that the losses to FI and FIU and Duke uh, aren't helping Miami. And that, that might sound pretty obvious. 
Uh, I mean, you can't lose those games and expect to uh, land the nation's number one ranked inside linebacker. But um, I, I will say Miami, I think there was a time when Miami felt like things might be starting to trend in the right direction for them. But that happened to be, you know, the day before they lost to FIU. So that's kind of changed things. USC, um, they're involved in the recruitment. I think Clay Helton staying is good for Miami. I think if Urban Meyer or, or someone like that, if James Franklin were to have taken that job, then USC would have instantly became a player. And the other school that's in this thing is Oregon. But right now, I think Miami is probably running number two. And I'm still not ready to say that they're going to beat Clemson for uh, flow. And remind me, does Manny still have a visit in his pocket to use next week with him? Yeah, so I, I also kind of wanted to talk about that because um, I don't think a lot of fans really realize how crazy this early signing period is. Uh, every school around the country really had two weeks to see every one of their commits and their targets. So you're asking Manny Diaz to essentially see 20 commits, 10 targets, so 30 total kids in the span of really eight days because, you, you, you know, on Friday you're back on campus with official visits and the kids you might go see are officially visiting a, a somewhere else. So that gives you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, and Miami kind of took an interesting strategy and approach. They decided to attack Florida week number one. So Manny was in Miami on um, Sunday. He was in Naples and, and Homestead on uh, on Monday. Tuesday, he was in like Bradenton, Orlando, and um, Hialeah. <laughs> Wednesday, I think he was in in Fort Lauderdale, and then Thursday he was in Jacksonville. So he's pretty seen, much seen everyone in state he needs to see. And then next week, after this weekend of official visits, he'll he'll get out and go national and use that uh, that private jet that they let him use. So uh, yes, to answer your question, yes, they still can, they they will see flow next week. Okay. Um, any of those get, you mentioned the places Manny went to, I mean, you can pick one, one of those visits out. Did you feel like one of them was, is worth touching on? Uh, I, I kind of think him, uh, going and meeting with Jalen Knighton was a big one. Um, from what I've gathered that, that went very well. Some people have wondered if, if Jalen was going to waver or anything like that, but, uh, he seems to be pretty locked in with Miami. The longer that this thing stretches without uh, Florida State having a head coach, I think that's only even better news. I, I think we touched on a previous podcast. There might be a scenario where FSU hired Bob Stoops the first day of the contact period, and then all of a sudden the Seminoles were a player again for Jalen Knighton. But right now it seems like he's all Miami, and I think it was just uh, good for, for Manny to go and kind of reaffirm that commitment. How about just some of the assistant coaches, the, the guys they went out and visited? Uh, maybe tell us about one or two guys that kind of perked your ears up and, and got your attention this week. Well, I don't want to give away all, all the VIP juice, but I will say uh, one of the by far the most interesting stops, I think, of the week was uh, Jonathan Patkey going to see um, striker target Darren Branch. He's the three-star defensive back out of Amite, Louisiana. Um, he was a previously committed to Miami, flipped his commitment to Ole Miss, if you guys remember, last month, citing a desire to kind of stay closer to home because he, because he had an ill grandfather. Well, Ole Miss fired their coach on Sunday and Matt Luke, 
and Miami was on the phone with him right away. So the Hurricanes are trying to get an official visit from him. I think it happens, and the big thing with Darren Branch is he's not an early signee, so that gives the Hurricanes some some room to work with. When do you think maybe that visit would, would happen? It, since he isn't signing early, it would probably be in January? Is that fair, yeah, fair it, to say? Yeah, yeah January. Uh, I kind of wrote why in the war room it, it would be January, but it looks like it's going to be a January uh, 1. Okay. So, yeah, let's let's get into this weekend. Um, Miami's hosting, a, you know, about a handful amount of uh, official visitors. Just how big do you feel like this weekend is is for Miami? And, you know, going into this weekend, Andrew, how do you feel like the uh, momentum is on the recruiting trail for Miami? I think it's completely different than where it was last year. And I think a lot of people would be surprised just how positive and how well things are going for Miami, seeing as how this team is six and six. And they just lost to FIU and Duke. You know, I was talking to, to some people on staff um, on Tuesday, and, and, and they had said basically every in-home visit they've been on, like the reception's been well. They feel like the 2020 class wants to stick together. Um, these are guys that I hate the cliche term that Manny has, true canes, but um, people that want to come in and, and they want to help and they want to make a difference. Uh, so that's surprising to me. I mean, let's let's kind of go back to the last cycle. Um Miami had a similar. What was that? A four-game uh, losing streak. Was that? Was that? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. They, they. Well, yeah. It was a four-game losing streak, and they won. I think the last two games of the year against Virginia Tech and Pitt. Maybe. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So they had a few different official visit weekends last year, and just to kind of jog everyone's memory. Uh, I can't remember what game it was off the top of my head, but they had like Michael Tarquin, Adisa Isaac, and DJ Williams in for official visits. I, I don't know if you guys remember that, but Miami didn't get any of those three. Um, the next weekend, it was Dante Lucas and Evan Neal. Uh, both those guys showed up. Miami had zero chances. Evan Neal ended up at Alabama. Dante, Dante Lucas is at Florida State. And then they had another kind of weekend, which is very similar to what I would would say this weekend, kind of the appetizer before the big, big recruiting weekend. And remember, there was guys like Anthony Solomon, Derek Hunter, uh, Kair Elam, um, John Dixon, who was the corner that signed with South Carolina. So like last year, I just felt like Miami really wasn't in any position to win any of these battles. Like they were in it for some guys, Tyreek Stevenson. Keon Zipper, Lloyd Summerall, but you kind of had this feeling that this isn't really going to work out. Like I could see them missing on a lot of them. John Dunmore is another one. This time around, it, it seems like Miami's already won some battles. Jalen Knighton, uh, the four-star running back out of Deerfield Beach. Jalen Harrell, the four-star defensive back out of Hylia Champagnon Catholic, who just won a state title on Thursday night. He, he had a good performance. I think it was nine tackles. Uh, in the win. So it seems like it's just, it feels different. And I don't know why, uh, but it, it does. And I think that's, that's, that's a testament to the staff being able to kind of, I don't know, sell, sell and push the right thing and also identify the right kids to target. Tell me this. Do you think it's, do you think it's like a first year bump kind of going on with that? Or I know Manny kind of restructured the recruiting office and the strategy. Does that have anything to do with it? Um, with, with 
kind of the way things are stable right now, even after a six and six season? I do think that that's a good theory with that, maybe that first year bump a little bit. I mean, it's easy for Miami to still kind of push and tell these guys, hey, hey, you can be the problem. Last cycle, when it was Mark Rick, you know, that, that was after they had already got that big Storm 18 class and all that stuff. So, yeah, I think the first year bump is definitely playing a factor. Um, it obviously helps that Florida State's down right now. Uh, so, yeah, I, 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 it's a combination of a lot of different things. And I don't really know why yet, but um, those are, that's, a, that's a good take on the first year bump. All right. So, do you want to get into the visitors? And, you know, I can just let you go, let you ramble. Um, tell <laughs> no, us about. Okay. Yeah, well, you want to go guy by guy? Yeah. Let's kind of go guy by guy. Okay. Um, just if, if the average fan doesn't know them. Let's start then with the headliner, probably, of the, of the weekend. Uh, five-star tight end out of Las Vegas, Nevada, Darnell Washington. He was the big visitor during uh, Paradise Camp. So I saw him in action, you know, at that camp. And the dude's a beast. He's six foot eight, 255 pounds, uh, looks like a power forward out there, moves well, was unguardable at the camp. Uh Certainly lived up to his five-star billing, so it's good that Miami's getting him on campus this weekend for an official visit. Tell us what we need to know about him. He's the real deal, man. I mean, you kind of hit it on the head. Um, LeBron James playing football is essentially what it is. When you see him, you're like, whoa. Um, but Miami has been in this thing really since Stephen Fields kind of came on board uh, if you recall, they got him out to a spring practice in March or April. He returned for paradise, like we said. So he's already visited twice unofficially on his own dime. And now he's coming back for this official visit. And what's what's really interesting is uh, some people I talked to, uh, I kind of asked, hey, are you guys seeing Darnell Washington this week? And they're like, yeah, but we don't want to hype it up because we, we're not feeling good about where things stand. Well, those same people I hit up after – they go and see him, I think it was on Tuesday, are like, oh, man, it, it, it went great. He's coming for an official visit this weekend, um, which to me is like, that, that's awesome because Nick Saban had also conducted an in-home visit that night as well. So do I think Darnell Washington's going to come to Miami? Am I ready to crystal ball him here? No, absolutely not. I think the SEC is going to be hard to beat out, but – it does seem like he's intrigued uh, by the idea uh, of, of playing at Miami. And I think he, he knows they like to get the tight ends involved. And if you remember, he caught passes from the, uh, Miami's quarterback commit Tyler Van Dyke at Paradise Camp. So he, he's seen some of it. Um, Miami just needs to absolutely ace the visit this weekend and then kind of just hope and pray that they're able to I don't know, find a way to just beat out Alabama, Tennessee, Georgia, and Florida. Where, if I'm putting you on the spot, but if you had to rank, uh, you know, one through five or one through four of, of those SEC schools that Miami is going up against, who would you say is number one? Is it Georgia or is it Alabama? Yeah, yeah Georgia, Georgia and Alabama. Yeah, I had an SEC coach tell me that uh, last month. But they felt like it was Georgia or Alabama, and I'm kind of sticking with that. Okay, so Miami might be third with Tennessee and Florida, kind of going into yeah. this weekend, maybe. 
Yeah, that's accurate. And what what, what sucks if you're Miami is Eric Gilbert, uh, the five-star t- tight end out of Marietta, Georgia. A lot of people had kind of expected him to end up at either Georgia or Alabama. And then LSU, somehow, he, he commits to LSU out of everywhere. So I just think that made Darnell Washington even more of a priority for both those schools. Do you expect, so obviously Miami has a tight end on their roster right now and Brevin Jordan, who's from Las Vegas. I remember at Paradise Camp, I asked Darnell, like, are you are you tight with Brevin? And, you know, he said he knew about him, but, you know, Brevin's just older, so they they don't really, they're not like super tight friends or anything like that. But do you think maybe Brevin plays a big role in hosting Darnell this weekend? Or I guess we'll find Absolutely. out. Absolutely. I mean, from what I know and I've heard, I think Brevin's a pretty outgoing guy here in in South Florida. So I would not be surprised if if they paired those two together. I I think it would be a mistake if they didn't pair them together. Right. Right. I agree. Anything else on Darnell or move on to the next guy? Let's go. Next one. Boom. Next guy let's touch on is four star linebacker Keyshawn Green, who's from uh, Crawfordville, Florida, plays for Wakula High School, which is, you know, basically Panhandle-ish area uh, near we Tallahassee. Dro- we, yeah, we drove by there on the way to Tallahassee, right? Correct. So he's he's a Florida State commit, but he is kind of feeling things out other places uh, with their, their coaching search going on there. Um, you know, he's a guy who's extremely athletic. He's been clocked at a 449 laser. Um, six two two ten ish right now, a uh, frame that can definitely fill out. So he would be a a big time flip for Miami if they can pull it off. Tell us what we need to know about Keyshawn Green. What you need to know is that while he's still committed to Florida State, there's growing optimism coming out of Coral Gables about Miami's chances of flipping him um, from the Seminoles now. The thing that I don't think a lot of people have realized is that Green has never visited Miami before. Like he's never came for a junior day, he's never came for a game, uh, he's never come with a seven-on-seven team, and I cannot really think of a recruitment like this where that's been the case. Um, at least since I've been on the beat. I mean, normally that would be an out-of-state kid like a uh, a Brevin Jordan or a Jaron Williams, just someone um, that has never been. I guess around the program. So I think it says a lot that he's, he's saying the right things and, and he's never actually seen it and experienced it. So we'll see. Miami would, would love to flip him. Um, a, a working theory of mine is that the hurricanes must feel pretty good about where things stand with green because Jesus Machado, a three-star linebacker at a highly shopping yacht Catholic uh, who's had a great senior season. You know, the Hurricanes were going to bring him in this weekend for an official visit, and then they told him, eh, we're, we're going to wait and, and kind of see how things shake out. So to me, that, that means they must either feel pretty confident about, or not confident, but good about where things stand with uh, Green or, or Flo. And if I was a betting man, I think Miami has, has some better chances with uh, Green than, than, than they do Flo. Let's just say I know... Keyshawn kind of keep the, keeps things close to the vest. Is that fair to say? Like he's not a big talkative guy. Uh, probably doesn't really like talking recruiting. Is that fair? 
Green? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's accurate. So um, let's just say hypothetically Florida State hires Mike Norvell. Uh, do you think Keyshawn would be impressed by that hire? Or, or is there a guy, an assistant on Florida State staff <laughs> that you'll be watching to see what happens there? And, and that'll maybe decide where things stand with Keyshawn and Florida State. Well, you know, it's Odell Hagens. I mean, I think Keyshawn said, what was it, two or three weeks ago that he's still committed to Florida State because he wants Odell Hagens to be the head coach. So I think if Odell is retained, then there's that's going to make it way harder for Miami. So I, I don't know what Mike Norvell would do, but that's certainly something to monitor come Sunday or Monday which is when we're expecting that that Florida State decision to be made or announced, right? Right, probably. You would you would think. <laughs> but I I could also see this scenario playing out where they Norvell's just like, yeah, Hagen's will be my on staff and then they part ways or whatever like, you know. Maybe, maybe. It's just yeah, gonna be, I mean, it's, you just don't know. That's the yeah, thing. It's going to be real difficult for Norvell to have any to get an assistant coach hired by that Wednesday or Thursday, correct. correct? Correct. But he is, did you say, like, Keyshawn is planning to visit Florida State that weekend before the early signing period, right? Right. And Florida State should absolutely, if I was them, I'd be in- inviting anyone in the country that wants to visit. I'd be like, come in this weekend. And you might be asking why. Well, remember, Miami took advantage of this rule last year. If you change head coaches, you can just bring a kid back in for another official visit. They did it with Chris Bogle. They did it with uh, Chris Chris Wash or Darius Washington. So yeah, I mean, I mean, it's a free weekend in a hotel, getting wined and dined. Right, right, right. So anything with Keyshawn, or move on to the next guy. Move on to the next one. Okay. So next guy, let's talk about is is it? It's Kobe Baines, uh, Louisville commit, offensive lineman. Six four three hundred ish. Is he in your mind, Andrew? Is he is he a tackle or is he a, a guard, an interior guy? I think he's an interior guy. Um, maybe might be able to get it done at right tackle, but he's not. <clears throat> excuse me. Second podcast I've done this. He's not a uh, a left tackle. He's an interior guy, which is fine because Miami needs interior linemen. Yeah. So I guess he's he's gonna take an official visit this weekend. Is this? How long has this one been brewing, like behind the scenes? Has this been happening for a while, or, or is this kind of a recent push Miami's making with, with Kobe? I think it's more of a recent push. I mean, when Barry was first hired, um, I know there was some contact with Baines, but I didn't really hear much about him until they offered um, during that bye week before the FIU game. And I think that was kind of a product of Miami watching his film and thinking, hey, this is the guy we want to make a move on. And it seems like Barry's very hesitant to get to go after some, some juniors and then what he because he wants to see that senior film. So this one's kind of new, um, but there is some smoke that's building up. And I think that was the exact line I used in, in the war room. Uh, there's some smoke, some smoke brewing. Would it be brewing or building up? Brewing, right? Or Billowing. It matter. Billowing? Billow? I don't know. Well, <laughs> <laughs> there's some smoke starting to gather form that uh, a, a flip could happen this weekend. And I, I just think that's because um, the idea of staying in state is it's probably appealing to him. I also think Miami's 
depth is appealing. And he's also a guy who knows uh, Miami defensive tackle Jordan Miller. Remember, he's from Jacksonville Sandalwood. And he grew up playing basketball against the uh, Oakleaf duo of Chance, uh, Chance Williams and Jalen Rivers. So a strong connection there. Do you think like... I mean, I know like he's on the way out, but do you think like Shaq Quarterman would would play a role in hosting him this weekend or not? No, I bet you it's Jordan Miller. That's okay. That's kind of my thought. That makes sense. So yeah, I guess you feel going into this weekend, you feel like there it there might be a flip watch going on. Yeah, if I I, I wrote in my preview that if there's one to watch, he's he's the one, and then there's. Another one, but we'll get to that. Is there so, anyone else sniffing around with Kobe, or is it just Miami or Louisville at this point? Those are really the only two. There was another school. I want to say it was West Virginia or Wake Forest, and I'm drawing a blank on it. If if I'm okay. Miami, I hope I hope it's Wake Forest because they seem to do a pretty good job of player development. Uh, but yeah, I think it's I think it's uh, it's just those two, Louisville and and Miami. Okay. Next guy, Devonte Brown. Uh, corner out of American Heritage Plantation, right? So tell us about what we need to know with him. You, you've mentioned him in the past. He's a lengthy corner, good size, maybe needs to fill out his frame some, but that's fine. Um, I guess, and he's a Miami legacy, right? Uh, yeah, Selwyn Brown is his dad, played in the late 90s. And um, uh, he's taken his time with... <laughs> With making a decision, which I would think would frustrate Miami a little bit, but maybe this is a weekend when Miami can can make a move and, and really solidify things there. Yeah, he would be the other one I would watch, but I, I have a hunch he's going to wait to make any type of public decision um, until the early signing period. I just that's the vibe and read I get from him. But Manny Diaz and Mike Rump, excuse me, went uh, conducted an in-home visit with him on Wednesday. I had quotes up right away on the site, miami.247sports.com. By all, like, the quotes I thought were, were real interesting. I mean, Devontae was talking about how uh, Miami was trying to pitch him on the idea of creating competition and uh, coming in and developing, and he seemed to kind of be all about that. So I think Miami has a chance to kind of solidify themselves as as the likely landing spot this weekend, assuming everything goes well. I'm sure they'll get him around Nesta Silvera. Um, I'm sure they'll get him around some of those other Broward County guys, but he, to me, would be a pretty good get just because I think it's a down year in the state for corners, and I, I think he's got a, a long frame, and he can run, and he's comfortable in man coverage. So uh, we'll see how it goes. Right now, I think UCF's the biggest competition. Randy Shannon has kind of sunk his teeth into this one. Pittsburgh's also involved, but um, the people I talk to think that the Knights are, are Miami's biggest competition right now. And he's already taken his official visit there. And with recruiting, you know, sometimes it, it helps when you can read the tea leaves and uh, look at other, the way Miami might be treating other cornerbacks. So, is it fair to say maybe we'll know where things are with Devontae after this weekend by seeing how Miami treats Ronald Delancey, a, a Northwestern corner that was offered, what was it, right around Thanksgiving? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we'll know pretty soon uh, 
where things stand. Because Miami, if, if they're not feeling good about Brown, then they're going to have to make a move on someone else, uh, assuming that they try to get someone in before the early signing period, just because they want to take a ni- another high school corner. But at the same time, last cycle, uh, they they were able to find Christian Williams after the early signing period, and he was a guy that was, I mean, I hadn't even heard his name until the Under Armour All-American game. So I think right. there'll be some guys out there like that. Um, so and Brown, and Brown is signing early, right? But he's not enrolling early? Correct, correct. Okay. Last guy, I mean, this guy was kind of a, a new name to me. I know he was at Paradise Camp, I guess, but uh, Safety Danico Slaughter. Did I say that name correct? Danico? Anyways, he's, well, he's the last name's great for if you're going to be right. Slaughter. <laughs> That's a good name. That's a good name. So he's he's a 5'11, you know, 180 ish type type safety uh, currently committed to Arizona State. He's from Roswell, Georgia. Uh, tell us about how this is. Has Miami just been keeping in contact with him since Paradise Camp or did they kind of circle back around? What What's going on with this recruitment? Danico. Um, is a name that I heard a few months ago, kind of right around that time when Jaden Francois, uh, the four-star defensive back out of South Dade, was wavering. Um, so <sighs> did they start just now pushing? I'm not sure. I know Ephraim Bonda had an in-home visit with him on on Wednesday night, but to me. I think that they're bringing him in because, number one, they don't want to get left empty-handed if if Jaden Francois were to pick Nebraska or something like that. And I also think they want to put some pressure on Jaden Francois and some of these other um, guys that are committed. Hey, you guys want to look around? Well, we're going to keep recruiting it and, and, and making sure that we got to protect us and protect our numbers. So that's why they're bringing him in. I mean, Danico... To me, when, when you watch this film, I think he's a pretty sound tackler. Um, we know that's what, what Miami right. likes. That's what they kind of preach. So I, I, I get that aspect of it. I also think he's kind of got that dog mentality a little yeah. bit. And, and I don't think he's as solid as some people are making it out to be to Arizona State. Now, he doesn't do much of any media, like does not at all. Uh, I talked to him a bunch at Paradise Camp, try to hit re, re rekindle that communication uh, a few weeks ago and he has gone gone silent but we do know that he also v- took an official visit to Boise State and he's expected to be at Tennessee next weekend so let's say kind of putting you on the spot but let's say he says he wants in this weekend oh. right what does Miami do do they take him or do you think they wait for Jaden Francois Oof. I mean, this is going to be an unpopular opinion, but I, I think they would wait. No, yeah. actually, yeah, I think they would wait. But I also don't think Danico would say I'm in this weekend. Probably not, because he's still got Tennessee next weekend. But yeah, I mean, and honestly, I think they should wait. I think you should try and get Jaden Francois, even though I, I understand the, the fan base's frustration with Jaden. He's a talented guy. There's something there. And, and if in the end you can get Jaden, then it's all good. That's my opinion. Yeah. And to follow up on Jaden Francois, you know, every, I, again, like you said, I get it. But you got to battle. Yeah. You got to battle. And, and the other thing is, is 
when Jaden opened his recruitment back up the second time, you know, he was telling Miami he was still coming. Um, did Miami believe him? No, not really. But it, I think in previous years, the staff would have been like, okay, and and they wouldn't have tried to start looking at other other safeties or, or and stuff like that. This year, they did. They started making moves on other guys. That's why Danico Slaughter's visiting. That's why Jalen Harrell's committed. And if you go to Manny's quotes when he talked about the new recruiting protocols, this is like what he said. He, he basically said, we're not going to flat out drop a kid or or tell a kid no. We, we're not going to tell them they can't take visits. But if you want to look around, then, then we're going to start sh- looking around. And that's completely paraphrasing it. I, I don't have the quote in front of me. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I get it. And just let it play out. I mean, we'll know. They're, they're going to get one of these guys at safety. So I'm going to put you on the spot. I think that's what, five guys? Five guys visiting this weekend. Uh, if I set the over-under at two, Miami signs two and a half of these guys, which, which one do you take? Uh, <laughs> let me... Uh... Let me look at the visitors list again. <laughs> I would, I would, I would feel good about them. No, I, I would take the over. Okay, that's good. We don't know which three. I mean, I think it's fair to say probably Kobe Baines. You feel good about, and maybe Devonte Brown. After yeah. that, it's up in the air. But maybe you play the numbers game and figure Miami can get one of those three, whether it's Darnell Washington, Green, or Danico Slaughter. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Anything Let's, to uh, anything to wrap things up here with you, the podcast? You should, you should make like an Asia handicap bet if you have ever bet soccer. So that'd be like two, you'd bet over two, two and a quarter. So if two hits, I get my money back. But if they get three, then <laughs> I win that half of the bet. That's what that's you should do. That's some real degenerate stuff. I don't even know <laughs> what you said. Well, if if anyone out there gambles, they'll definitely know what I'm talking about. <laughs> So yeah, anything else to wrap things up here? Anything I miss that you no. want to touch on going into this weekend? No, I mean this is this is like the the first course before um, the the real meat of things next weekend. When I think our visitors list right now is already like at eighteen kids for for next weekend, and that's that final weekend before the early signing period. But uh, exciting time! Um, like I said at the beginning of podcast, it's a silly season. Everyone's all of a sudden got sources. Everyone knows everything. Um, but it's it's my job to kind of sift through all that that BS and keep giving you guys the most accurate info we can. Yeah, and let me plug. Uh, so Andrew uh, Thursday night put up a war room, which pretty much goes you know more in depth than this podcast to be honest, because that's just how it works with the written word. Um, you know, more in depth on, on kind of where things stand with each remaining target uh, going into this weekend. Uh, so I would recommend reading that or if you are not a subscriber, you know, subscribe to us right now. We have an we have a deal. If you want to try us out just for a month, it's it's one buck. Uh, and if you want to go all in for an annual subscription, we are we're offering a deal for 50 percent off of an annual subscription, which I think is like uh, 53, 54 bucks, something like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's 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 a good deal annually and if you are currently a monthly subscriber you can upgrade to that uh, annual deal 50 percent off if you would like to as well so 
I would recommend jumping in now uh, for for top-notch recruiting coverage with Andrew. I know all through the weekend he'll provide relevant updates if there is any. He'll he's also very good about answering any questions that that uh, these recruiting junkies have for him on the message board. So I recommend jumping in and giving us a try and and you know subscribe to Inside the U. We've certainly had a lot of people sign up here in the last month or so, so that's exciting. Exciting time. Sites growing. Um, but I think that should that should do it. We'll talk to you guys next time. Hopefully you enjoy championship Saturday. And I'm sure next time we talk on the podcast, it might be about some commitments and also Miami's the bowl destination. Shreveport, Independence Bowl. Breakdown. <laughs> Breakdown. Take care, guys. Peace.